it's true neutral. True neutral. I'm Keenan. I'm Derek. And it's been a hectic time for us a, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you might notice a slight drop in output as of late. I had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't personally have a baby. My partner, Kirsten, who's been on other episodes, has had a baby. Yes. And, and therefore... Life has been hectic, and it's been a little bit hard to get us in the same room together to record things. Even to get us in the same room together for more than like a half hour at a time. Yeah, and so that's why this episode might be a little bit short and but be a little rushed. We're gonna make it. We're we're, we're getting it. We're, we're, we're here. Gonna get it. We're gonna put it out. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put it in. And, Make you feel that episode, if you know what I mean. But first of all, congratulations on having a baby. Yeah, it's so exciting. So cute. Yeah, so cute. He's adorable. Uh, if anybody has any latching tips, <laughs> <laughs> email us at trueneutralpod at gmail dot com. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, um, how how has your week been? I haven't even had time to ask you when we have seen each other. Personally. Um, my week has been well, a lot less hectic than yours. Um, I would hope so. You weren't in the hospital for like three days. No, no, not at all. I pretty much just worked. You know, um, over the weekend, I, I just took my son back over to his mom's house. He's hanging out with his cousins and playing and stuff over there now. And uh, we've been playing Mario Party, like, slowly over the last few weeks Fun. or whatever. And we've gotten four out of the five gems now nice. for it. Nice. So we just have to do the Challenge Road and get the gem for Challenge Road. Is that on Switch? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, we've beaten all of the the single play maps, all of the team play maps. We did the little dancing mini game, which right. was fun. It's basically just like DDR but done for with Mario characters on the Switch. Cool. Like you just move the controller and hit buttons when the things come up and it makes them dance yeah. like just a basic DDR type thing. Mm. And uh and then the the fourth one we got was there's the the river raft section. Yeah, the river to... raft section is the one we've done the most as a family. I think we, I mean, except for the single play maps. The river raft section is fun, but th- the fact that there's only like five mini games that work yeah. for it makes it get tedious. Especially because him and I just powered through and got all five of the endings that way. Because we were just literally gym hunting. Right. Um. And so like. It's, it's also long. Yeah, yeah. It takes like a good amount of time to get through each one, and you have to play the mini games in order to get time boosts to be able to get through. Otherwise, the time runs out on you, and it just got really tedious to get all five of these endings and have to play the same like five or six mini games over and over and over and over again the whole time. Yeah, I can see that. And it's crazy that like. He, him, and I have looked through because there's a section in there where you can go and just like select the mini game and play whatever mini game you want to play, and um, it's crazy to me that we've played all of these maps, done all of these things. There are so many mini games that I have not played <laughs> that just didn't show up at all throughout all the, and some of them that I played repeatedly over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again they show up so much and then some of them just never show up at all. Yeah, we get the one where you have to shoot the plungers at the bubble. Oh, yeah, I've played that, that once. One. We get that one so often. Um, Blaine and I get the, the one where you are each half of a square and you have to outline the, the right uh, fruit. It's like a big 
thing of fruit oh, and you yeah. have to find the the four fruit and connect your two halves of the square yeah we've we, only gotten that one once or twice yeah we get that one all the fucking time yeah so weird, <laughs> so weird. um yeah yeah there's one where you guys are in like balls like hamster balls and you can charge them up like sonic style oh, and yeah. there's a ring you have to like bounce each other out of <laughs> I sumo balls. Yeah, I had only played that one because he showed it to me in the mini game section. Like <laughs> I had never actually played it before that. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's crazy. <laughs> There's it's supposed to be I thought like a random selection of the games, but I don't feel like it is. I feel like <laughs> the games apparently individual games are biased towards individual mini games. Like, yeah, that's I, weird. I wonder why that is cuz we usually play either with two or three players. So maybe it's a uh, bias depending on how many people you're using. Yeah. Yeah, cuz we do only we've only played with two cuz I only have the two controllers and right. it's only ever him and me. Right. So it's him and me and then two computers. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually myself, Kirsten, and my older son now. Uh that's weird to say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's usually the three of us if it's not just Kirsten and me. So, yeah. I wonder if that has an effect on it. Right? Well, give it a couple of years, then you'll be able to do all four, and then you'll really know. Oh, yeah. If Tevin's still interested. <laughs> Who's not interested in Mario games? I, like I, It's for real. There's so much <laughs> uh, Do you have any news this week? Um, I think i had one thing actually I, I got distracted talking about it i have a, i have one quick bit of news like a month and a half or two months ago eminem's just quietly reintroduced their um characters <laughs> oh yeah yeah it just wasn't even like a big enough thing to for people mm -hmm. to talk about i just happened to see an article about it and i was like oh i saw uh there's ads up on Fuck like you, on Tucker. youtube now where it's just, like, it's them standing on, like, a stage, and they're like, wait, we're back? And then they're all like, yeah, we're back! Like, <laughs> we're, we're back for good! People noticed when we said we left, but they mm -hmm. didn't notice when we came back. Um, this is just a, a little bit of, like, more historical news that I thought was interesting and fun. Uh, okay. Um, so they found a three-million-year-old, quote-unquote, toolkit. Um, Neat. Which is... Um, found next to a skeleton of uh, one of the early hominid cousins, like an, a cousin to early Homo sapiens. So, right. Um, and it's about three hundred thousand years before we were found to use tools. So, they're thinking Ooh. that this, um, let's see, uh, it's a evolutionary relative called the Paranth para Paranthropus. That's hard to say. P-A-R-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-U-S. Paranthropus. Um, which is basically... Like, there's a tiny little picture here of what they think it might have looked like up in the middle. It's kind of like a very furry, upright, yeah. hominid, like, ape. An ape man. Um, but, yeah, they found um, what looks to be a... Uh, examples of what's known as an old one toolkit um, in uh, Kenya, and uh, basically that's like it runs so fast people think you're Kenyan. <laughs> <laughs> basically, an old one toolkit is a collection of stones that have clearly been sharpened and shaped into basic tools. Usually, you'll yeah. find a flatter one that was used for like digging. You'll find a sharper one that was used for like cutting or chopping things and things like that. Neat. Um, it's an early Stone Age toolkit, um, and they found one next to several remains of some of these Paranthropus specimens so they think that it's possible 
that these, because it is an extra 300,000 years older than anything that we've found so far, that perhaps these, uh, these Paranthropus actually had tools and were smart enough to think of using tools much before Homo sapien ever did. Neat. I mean, I think it's chimps are entering the Bronze Age or are in the Bronze Age as of now. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, fucking nuts, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing, so. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Right, yeah, I think that's really, a really just an interesting thing. I, I love finding out more about, like, uh, the history of humanity and things like that. And it's just really cool to me that, nice. you know, because it's always been just like, I thought, like, we can't have been the first, like, intelligent thing. No. There's no way. No It way. just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, like, also there's lots of intelligent, <laughs> like, 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 whales are really smart and so are dolphins. Dolphins are incredibly intelligent. So are, like, some birds, like crows. So long and thanks for all the fish. Crows and ravens are also incredibly smart, especially for their quote-unquote brain size or whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah. Fucking animals are wild. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. I I thought it was really neat. We found a toolkit that they think was definitely probably not made by humans, but by this older cousin of humans. Nice. Nice. Uh, Hand-me-downs from our cousin. Mm Mm-hmm. I've had those before. The other thing in my brain, though, is, like, maybe maybe it is that old, but it still was humans, and we just had that earlier than we thought. Maybe those are just from us killing off. Those bones are there because we killed off the thing that was trying to steal the tools or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's Uh a possibility that they don't think talk about in the article that seems like a fairly obvious other explanation. Maybe it was aliens. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, because especially because this is the first the instance, channel. the first instance that we found of potentially something other than humans, like Homo sapiens, creating tools. Except for now, watching chimps yeah. slowly start to do that. Yeah. Like, but knowing that chimps can is like, oh well, who who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who fucking knows. It's the thing about things that are preserved is like it's always like almost random because it, like people have traditions on how they bury things but like things we would find really fascinating like tools would have been like an everyday thing nobody would have thought like, oh let's keep these in a safe place yeah it would have been like by chance that we found those at all or that they would have been preserved because nobody's getting buried with their toolkit you know what i mean yeah they're getting buried with their treasures or with their things that are important or, like, in their nice clothes, and they're handing down all their tools, like... That also really... At least after we entered, like, a more civilized age, that really depended more on your standing within society. Right. And the average but, person is generally just going to be tossed in a pit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, so, like, the, the just the possibility of finding everyday objects that we today would find fascinating to know that they had is just... I mean, one in a million if they had them. And if they did have them, like, who who fucking knows? Because, once again, they're just not going to be preserved in the same way that, like, a king would be. Yeah. Yeah. So, those things are always fun to find. Mm-hmm. I, I say that like I do that. Right? I, I am an uh, offhand archaeologist, you know? Yeah. I just go out in the <laughs> deserts sometimes and dig. <laughs> 
Oh, no. Oh, man. So uh, I, I don't really have any other news. If there's been anything else happening in the world, I haven't been paying attention to it. I've been... Last Busy. night, like, I got a decent amount of sleep for the first time in probably, like, six days. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot that we were springing forward. So when I woke up yeah. and it was, like, after 11, I was like, how? How is that possible? <laughs> oh, no. I, I did... A, not remember or not forget that I we were, oh my god, springing mm. forward. But I also, uh, doesn't really affect me right now. Mm. Paternity leave, yeah, yeah, Washington State. So, I mean, it wouldn't affect me normally because I don't work on the weekends right now anyway, but I also, extra doesn't affect me. Yeah. Uh, we're up every two hours with baby. Apparently I can just sleep through baby screaming. Oh, so that's both interesting and worrying. Yeah, that's news. Uh, uh, but no, otherwise I don't. I don't really have any news. Any podcast I've listened to has been noise in the background for me this week. So yeah, I don't really have any more. Uh, do you have a story this week? No, I actually don't. Okay, I was well, trying to think of one. I'm like, I just, I just, no. I, I have a mild story because uh, I just my stepdad. Uh, I don't really know how that works when your mom dies. Is he still my stepdad? I mean... He remarried, so... I, I mean, I guess that depends on how... If you can consider him that, if you would like to. Raised as his stepson. Anyway, yeah. um, he brought me a bunch of my mom's books. So I, I have, like, fucking half a library of books. And yeah. it's seriously, like... I showed you this, like, seven or eight boxes just full of books. And I found out my mom had her own little custom stamp she put in all her books so it's got from the library of Lori Salsadell on there and like that's, that's super cool it's really cool uh, kind of want to get that as a tattoo right if anybody if, if anything came from that library it was this head <laughs> um, but yeah I'm really excited to just go through all of those and uh, read read some of the stuff she was interested in yeah I was as surprised with some of the stuff that I found as some of the stuff I didn't find. Um, I kind of thought Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett would be right up her alley. Not a single one of them. <laughs> um, but lots of Jeffrey Deaver, and I knew that one. <laughs> like Jeffrey Deaver. Really, really good, uh, thrilling crime novels. Yeah. He wrote The Bone Collector, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah. I think I have a long time ago. Not recently, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, the, the whole R Lincoln Rhyme series is really good. I've read a few of those. It's uh, the, the detective in those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I got a I got a fuck ton of books, and now I have to buy a bunch of bookshelves because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm they're not going anywhere. Right. I also got a 1946 pressing of Animal Farm in there, which is so cool. So fucking rad. That's I'm gonna try and read that to my six year old, see what he, see what he thinks. <laughs> might might go over his head a little bit. Look, it went over most of the adults who read its head, so. <laughs> It's still a novella, and it's not that long, and we're still doing short-form books at the moment, but... That's true. I need to find my copy of uh, A Wrinkle in Time, because it's about time for... My son's about the age that I was the first time I read A Wrinkle in Time, and it's one of those books that I go back and reread periodically the older I get, and the, every time I reread it, I understand more and more and more of it, and it's just been this book I go back to, like throughout my life and i understand it a little better every time classic yeah. oh, there's 
yeah, there's two books I want to do that with that um, I was kind of hoping were in there, but I can't find them. Um, that's not all of her books either. It's just a big chunk of them. So, uh, but I, Treasure Island and The Count of Monte Cristo were two books I loved as a child. By fourth grade, I had read Treasure Island like three times. That's a big book. Looking back on it, like, especially for a ten-year-old. Yeah. Who was that by? Stevenson. Robert I, Louis Stevenson. Yeah, I feel like I have like a big leather-bound book with, like Treasure Island and a few of his other stories in it. Yeah, I I can't remember right off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, uh, Treasure yeah. Island's a great story. It really is. Uh, I, yeah, I need to go back and reread it. I might get the audible version. I got a, I got a credit right now. I might do that. I also but, want to reget uh the Bridge to Terabithia. Uh, I never read the book. I hadn't even seen the movie till like last year. Uh, that book will make you cry. Uh, the movie made me cry. It will make you. The book is so much worse. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh man. It's so sad. It's amazing, but uh, it's incredibly sad. Rad. I like sad stuff. Uh, oh, my baby's crying. Um. Sadder uh, than old Yeller. Sad. Oh man, that's brutal. Uh. Also, I got a scrapbook of my very first concert, which uh, was Jimmy Buffett, but it was from when I was 10, and uh, yeah, my mom made a full scrapbook of the whole thing. She kept everything from the Ticketmaster stuff to, like, the merchandise bag we got my shirt in. Hell yeah. So. That's cool. I don't think I ever got any pictures of my first concert. I think my dad and I were just having too much fun to mm. even think about pictures. Fair enough. Not not the age of cell phones at the time. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. We would have had to have, like, a little, like, disposable camera. Yeah. And um, being down in the pit like we were, there was no well, pit, like, in the crowd. Right. <laughs> like... My mom loved taking pictures, and she loved scrapbooking. She, I got an old scrapbook of hers from high school a while back. And it was her trip to Europe. It was super fun to go through, but... Yeah, she's always loved scrapbooking, and that was kind of a big thing, her seeing Jimmy Buffett, because she loved Jimmy Buffett. Um, so, yeah, I've got I've got pictures from my first concert because of that, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep at that. Because <laughs> I was 10 years old, and they played for three hours. <laughs> you just get tired sometimes. I could fall asleep to anything at any point in time. If I'm tired enough, I can just go to sleep. Yeah. There was no falling asleep. I was at Ozfest 2000. <laughs> there yeah. was no sleeping. Yeah, I absolutely could fall asleep at Ozfest. I like I, I guarantee you that I could. I was, not that I would. Um, like if I was anything older than ten years old, I probably wouldn't have fallen asleep at that concert. But uh, it was Jimmy Buffett, and I was ten. Yeah, I was also ten, but we were bouncing stage to stage to stage after each band to try to catch the cool ones and things like that. Like. My dad made sure I got to see all the bands that I wanted to go see, which was really neat. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the... Isn't that where you saw Static X? Yeah. 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 You talk about that one a lot. I, Wayne Static is a hero of mine. Yeah. Like, that... I, yeah. So glad I got to see them. I, that's... One of the things I pride myself on is I've got to see a lot of my favorite bands before something terrible happened to them. <laughs> like, I got to see Motorhead before Lemmy died. I got to see fucking Static X before Wayne died. Like, I got to see that one fucking show that the Deadlights played. They're awesome. They only ever came out with that one album, and then they were done. <laughs> but they were great. So cool. 
Noise. One of my favorite bands. Uh, I think the only one I have like that is I got to see... Uh, well, I saw Blue Oyster Cult, but they're at County Fairs now. You can still go see them. Um, but I saw uh, The Black Dahlia Murder uh, 2013, so... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to see them as a full band. That was rad. I mean, they're still a full band now. I don't want to diminish them now, yeah. but... And Trevor's gone, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got um, to see Pantera at that show as well. Ooh, that's that's a big one. Yeah. Also, I, I just remembered while you were talking about Static Shock, that or Static X. That, that's what I'm getting to, is that <laughs> when I was when I was in, like, 12 or 13, a few of my friends really liked Static X, and I really liked Static Shock, so I got them mixed up a lot. <laughs> Static X is amazing. Like great just heavy metal with that edge of industrial sound to it like, oh, are any of the members even black what are any of the members of static x black because static shock is no, black I yeah see i don't know why that crossed so hard is just the word static i guess yeah, but those gotta be those things are forever interlocked in my brain <laughs> <laughs> static shock that's the movie that needs to be added to the, oh. the dcu god i would love to see that that would make me bring some static shock on in there that would Mm. be great i would love that um okay but you know while i've while i've been uh in the hospital and just hanging out with with the baby because you know babies sleep a lot it's basically a waiting game waiting to feed them hold on to them for a few minutes until they fall back asleep and then (laughs) hang out while they sleep again um but I've been playing a shit ton of Knights of the Old Republic. There was a Hell deal. Yeah. I got KOTOR 1 and 2 for like 20 bucks on the Switch. And the first time I played KOTOR was actually when my first son was born. So it had been like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I played it on Steam on a laptop that could not handle it with internet that was not very good. <laughs> this has crashed on my Switch almost as much. <laughs> god damn it's yeah. still just broken and buggy it's it's buggy as hell there was one time i was in um on dantooine not tatooine tatooine is also in this game <laughs> uh, on dantooine and uh all of the sand and grassy area of the wild stuff just like pixel lined <laughs> through all of my characters so i was just walking through like digitally deconstructed land <laughs> it was real odd um but it, it has actually like legitimately crashed three times where it was just like oh a problem occurred <laughs> cool i haven't saved for an hour and a half and this is an old game that sucks boss right? <laughs> it is just a straight port like they didn't do anything to improve it which is a bit of a shame if i'm being yeah. honest because yeah. uh it's it feels better than most Star Wars games from the last 10 years. I will say uh, Jedi uh, with a... Fallen Order? Yeah, yeah. Could not remember the colon Cal on Kestis? that one. Yeah, Cal Kestis. Uh, it, it felt like watching a Star Wars movie that you played. It was great. It was, it was a fun game. It was a really fun and really good game. And there was a couple almost of broken as glitchy. spots. Yeah, there almost was a couple as glitchy. Of, especially if you didn't update it, you could find a lot of T-posing <laughs> and a lot of just like... People would spawn, but instead of spawning where they're supposed to, they spawn like 
fading through a wall, all T-posed out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got some of that after updates. So oh, like, damn. Yeah, I played the game unupdated, and I didn't get a whole lot of it. I found one spot in the game where that happened, but that was it. I got a, I got a few weird bugs playing that, and I, I got the day one patch and, you know, the updates as they came, but I also played it pretty early on in its life cycle, so... Um, yeah, buggy. But, uh... Man, but that's what makes it fun. Like, that, no. it gave it some charm. It gave it a little bit of because the game. The no, rest of the it game, gave it a little. Oh my god! I paid seventy dollars for this, and why is it not finished? Well, I think that a little bit of that. It it reminds me of the days back when, before updates were a thing. You know, like when if you put out a game and it had a couple of bugs to it, well, you just, you had to deal with it. There's, there was no patching afterwards. There was no updating and shit. And nowadays people are like trying to rush out games mostly for fan service. And that's unfortunate, which means they will come out sometimes with more bugs, you know, a la cyberpunk. (laughs) But I took like two years to get not buggy. <laughs> According to people, I didn't buy it because I have all the bugs. Yeah, and I wasn't gonna pay a full. Yeah, my my, my thing is um, like legitimately, Kotor crashes a couple of times and has had those couple of graphical glitches. But um, it was finished when it came out. Yeah, in two thousand three. <laughs> Okay, if we are at that same standard for glitches and bugs, something's gone wrong, in my opinion. Like, I'm pretty sure Skyrim re-releases still have glitches. Yeah, all of the Skyrims are literally just straight ports. Yeah, They're not I, updating that game in any way. And, uh, There's too much of it to update it. I, I, I just Stop pre-ordering games, is I guess what I'm saying mm-hmm. here. Don't pre-order games. Don't pre-order fucking anything. Just tell them we will wait till it comes out and we will wait till it's ready. Yeah, because we want good games. I want finished games that I'm paying sixty, seventy, sometimes ninety dollars for. I've heard things about the the update for um, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I guess this is news. I didn't think about it till just now. Um, I had heard that there the the new update for the the new oh yeah Pokemon the, the stuff. DLC if you pre-order it well, you get an update and it's crashing people's games. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's being shittier, which yeah. is a shame because like I talked about how like laggy and glitchy it was already, and once again, Pokemon Company, Nintendo, you're a big place. Yeah, just finish it. We will wait an extra month or two. We will wait. I would wait an extra year for a full good game where I can go into fucking houses. Um, it, apparently there was a story that I, I heard of a guy who got the update and it corrupted his oh, save file. Oh, and he file. lost all those shinies. He lost over a hundred shiny Pokemon oh. because the update corrupted his save. That's disgusting. It's a disgusting thing to do to a person. That man should get, like, monetary compensation <laughs> right. for that. Over a hundred shiny Pokemon that you've played that in this so in the time. worst Pokemon game that's ever come out. And you still put that much time into it, and you get an update to get more new Pokemon, and it corrupts your whole game. God, God, seriously, you should you should get some level of compensation. The amount of time you put in for that—that's fucking insane. At least send him a plush. Right. Like, fuck. Here's a shiny plush. Sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We got into this mess by drilling. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get out of this mess by drilling. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, Kotor feels like like it is a little bit laggy and a little bit glitchy, but like apart from that, it feels so much more in depth than any Star Wars game. Like Fallen Order was good and a lot of fun, but it it was like a movie you played. Like, yeah. Like it had a here to there story that it was, was very cinematic the whole way through. Yeah, and like it looked fantastic. It, it was it was felt like you were in the world the universe of Star Wars, that's yeah. for sure. And it was it was a decent story, like I'm not going to say like breaking no, groundbreaking it, it or anything. It followed all the tropes that you expect to see in a Star Wars story. Right, but like Kotor as old as it is with no graphical updates, no real updates to speak of, period, feels more immersive. It feels like I am a part of that world. I even know the twist, spoilers, you're Revan, like, mm-hmm. like the whole time, so uh, you just had a memory wipe, you know, classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, even knowing the twist, I feel so much more invested in this game than even in Cal Kestis. Because I feel like the decisions I make matter. There are decisions to make. I, it's the old Republic, so like there's a lot of like lore that's not in the movies or games mm-hmm. that, or movies or other games or like the books, the or... books or anywhere. It's not the the lore just doesn't exist for that. So being there, you are just thrown in, and they talk about things like wars that have happened, or wars that are going on, or events that have happened on these specific planets that are relevant, and, like, it feels like you just are a part of that world mm-hmm. in in a way that most games today just don't capture in any sense, let alone a Star Wars game Yeah, that has so much money behind it now. I just, I I wish we could get, if we could get a Knights of the Old Republic for today that felt like this, with that was graphically good, I would even take the turnstile fighting that it has. Mm -hmm. Because it's very, almost everything is just like 3.5 D&D. Yeah. Effectively. You have Constitution, Charisma, all those stats are there you set those up at the beginning you sometimes get to improve them and then you have individual stats like repair security demolition persuade i put all my points in persuade because that's the way i play games (laughs) but uh yeah like it just feels like your character's your own you're in a world that you're learning about as you go that you also grew up in Mm -hmm. and like uh, it's so cool i'm i think i'm at over 100 hours now Damn. Yeah. As I just, to be fair, sometimes I just like am playing, am playing. Baby Christ set switch down. Yeah. So who knows how much of that time is just set switch down? But uh, uh, I've been playing a lot of it. How far in are you? Do you think? Uh, well, if you if you know the game at all, there's the star map after you get past the opening area, um, and I am on the third, fourth, third or fourth planet of the star map. And those are, you get to pick and choose which planet you go to. So there's also non-linear, mm-hmm. which is, what Star Wars game has been non-linear since KOTOR 2? <laughs> None, pretty much. Yeah, so it's <clears throat> having that makes it feel 
like you having your own story again, mm -hmm. even even knowing that there is a linear story that will progress as you go, just getting to choose how it unfolds is super fun and makes it feel immersive. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I will say that there are sometimes it's just like how the fuck do you expect me to win this fight? Yeah. <laughs> I got stuck in the Sith base on Manan. Manan? M-A-N-A-A-N. There's voice acting in the game. I just haven't had my volume up that much because <laughs> lasers are loud and I've got a baby. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I was stuck in a Sith base for, I don't know, I probably played for oh well over 100 hours because of the amount of times I had to die and go back to my previous save in that base and it auto-saved as soon as I got into the base. And so every time I would die, I would just go back to right at the entrance of the base. And fuck, I had to just strategically go around, use all of my little bonus things. Like, I left half that base unkilled. Yeah. Like, I just had to go in and out, get the thing I need, and kind of run away. Because mm -hmm. that's just there was just no way for me to get it done right. Uh, I uh, had a somewhat similar experience. So to, to talk about a, a slightly less buggy game, um, I've been playing a fair amount of uh, Breath of the Wild, Ooh. getting through it. Um, I've significantly less buggy. Yeah, uh, I've I've currently beaten. I don't remember what the elephant beast is called. Oh yeah, the but, desert guy. Uh, no? No, the elephant, the water one that's oh, making oh, it rain oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Zora. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I the beat, uh, the, I beat Redania for the Goron, the oh, one yeah. on the volcano, yeah, the yeah, lizard yeah. on the volcano. And now I'm in the desert with the Garuda, yeah. going to go take on the camel. But I just yeah, got... It's a camel. Yeah, it's a camel. And, uh, but I just got done having to like sneak into the Yiga base... Oh. And steal back the Thunder Helm. I also got stuck there. And I got stuck there for a good bit. Like I'm like, this mission is fucking bullshit. The sneaking, the bananas, <laughs> the fire, fuck all that. Yeah, like, it sucked. I was so mad. That was the first time I stopped playing. I had I just put Breath of the Wild to the side for a while because I was stuck there. I, did, I played that one bit for probably 40, 45 minutes just repeatedly dying until about 2.30 in the morning, and I put the controller down, and I was like, no, I'm not. And then I woke back up this morning, and I, it took me another half an hour before I was finally able to get through it. Like, yeah. It was just really frustrating. Considering, like, it's only taken me, like, for, like, the, the Water Blight Ganon and the Fire Blight Ganon that I've had to fight, I beat Water Blight Ganon second try, and I beat Fire Blight Ganon third try. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, there was a small learning curve to figuring out the, the timing on shit, but, right. like, it was not that difficult overall. Yeah, yeah. I, the Yiga base was definitely the hardest part of that whole game for me. Um, oh, except for the DLC, but... Yeah, I don't have the DLC. I'm just getting through the main game. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a DLC I still haven't beaten. That's uh, you I, have to get through a certain section with a weapon that kills everything in one hit, but you also die in one hit. I uh, do need I, to stop doing main mission stuff because I really should go get some shrines because I only have like six hearts right now. Oh man, that's gonna kill you. 
And uh, so I should probably go do some shrine. No, I've gotten really good at just surviving. (laughs) Like, well, and I've gotten really good at the dodge mechanic. Yeah. And so I can get out of the way of a lot of stuff really easily. But I want to get the Master Sword, and I have to have 13 hearts to get the Master Sword. So I I should probably go do some shrines. The shrines are the funnest part of that game for me. I I actually don't like the puzzle element of the game so much. That's the best part. Um, I'm not... I've found that I'm not particularly good at them. I forget that I have spells all the fucking time. (laughs) I rely on physical weapons and my, my dodging skills and things like that. I... I don't... I forget that I have spells. I just fuck straight up forget. I had to recheck which quest I was on so many times because I just kept shrine hunting. <laughs> that's that's legitimately my favorite part. I uh, also... All those little puzzles are just so much fun for me. I don't even have all the map unlocked. Like, I haven't <laughs> even gone and gotten all the towers. Like, I've just been, like, powering through the Divine Beasts. Like, yeah. straight up. The towers was the first thing I did because when you're at... From the towers, you can find shrines easier. That was literally, like... Mm-hmm. I went to towers that I could get to until I realized I couldn't get to certain ones without getting, you know, equipment or whatever. Yeah. Central um, Tower. I tried to go there, like, first. <laughs> no. Bad, bad, bad decision. Bad decision. <laughs> I'm just going to go right through this Cazador-infested Deathclaw area in New Vegas. Which is also exactly what I did the first time I went through that. So You, you know, can't go north in New Vegas. I was the first thing. I'm like, that's the obvious, more direct route. I'm going to go that way. Like... <laughs> I don't like roads. I I actively that's another thing I found is like I end up missing a lot of towns and the the stables and shit cuz I don't use roads. I go up over mountains, I climb shit. I go the most direct path I can, which I think is a fault that I've learned not only from playing like Red Dead 2 but like oh, Death Stranding definitely cuz that was a game where like take some ropes and some ladders and climb up and over like go whatever direction you want to go to get there. And so Fuck a road. I'll just and then I miss all this NPCs and all this other shit because I'm just like fuck roads. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, uh, the stables and the towns. The towns are some of the funnest stuff because you get a lot of lore from them. But um, no, uh, do you have a hypothetical this week? Quick one. A hypothetical. Let's see. If you were stuck listening to one genre of music for the rest of your life. What kind of genre would you pick? Just folk alternative. Folk alternative? That's a pretty vague genre that has a lot of my favorite songs and artists just was, kind of stuck in it. That's interesting, because I was going to say folk punk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same kind of vagueness, mm-hmm. but... you. It, you could a lot of variety in there still. I feel like I could throw like a little bit of ska in there. I could definitely get like my Irish drinking tunes in there. Like, a little bit of Celtic punk and Irish punk. I was just looking at my ultimate guitar stats because I've had ultimate guitar for ten years now. Uh, but uh, yeah, my most downloaded songs are uh, folk and rock. And that's it's not punk rock or like they've got separate subgenres for that, but polk and rock, F- polk and rock, folk and rock. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I I've always really liked things like uh, I feel like you could also put lands like Choking Victim in in under folk punk. Some of it. <laughs> 
I think you'd have to. I don't think you'd get full albums from oh, them. Probably not. <laughs> but uh, I've been pretty obsessed with Lou Reed as of late. Um, so yeah, that's he basically invented alternative as far as like alternative indie rock goes. The other one I would pick would obviously be metal. Yeah. There's so much variety in metal. There's so many bands I already know that I like yeah. in that genre. Yeah. I could, I'm like, oh no, I get to pick between Slipknot and Lamb of God and Avenged Sevenfold and like all these bands, <laughs> Pantera. Oh no, whatever will I do? <laughs> I guess I have to listen to Megadeth today. Oh no, guess I guess it's Iron Maiden. Like, there's so much variety in that genre. Both Megadeth and Iron Maiden, I could not listen to for more than an hour. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, see, I could do a day of each of those. No, could not do that. <laughs> if I if I had a second option, it would be classic rock, because there's just enough I know there. I I can sing "Come Sail Away" by heart, mm-hmm. like not by heart, by sticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck heart. Hey, heart's good. No, no, no. Uh, Don't like heart. Okay. All right. Well, there's the dichotomy, I guess. <laughs> no Iron Maiden for me, no heart for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a true statement. <laughs> it's a true statement. I just. I get why Iron Maiden's good. But I would rather listen to covers of Iron Maiden songs than Iron Maiden do Iron Maiden oh, songs. Oh, I can listen to Anvil. I love Anvil. March of the Crabs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So um, I think I'm gonna call that the episode this week. Like I, I said, so. it, it is a little shorter, but like that's. It's, I, I want to get back up and make sure my partner's baby not time. mad and the baby's not mad and. We got to set up for D and D because we're doing D and D today. Yeah. Where can they find us at to tell us about their D and D adventures, Derek? Um, you can get a hold of us as Keenan said earlier uh, through email at trueneutralpod at gmail dot com. Um, but if emailing's too much for you, if your fingies is all tired from all the gaming and the D and D that you've been doing, then you can just hop on your phone and send us a nice little short little tweet um, at trueneutralpod or I'm at Mr. Dab himself. Um, you can also get a hold of us on the Facebook, True Neutral Podcast on Facebook, True Neutral Studios on both YouTube and Instagram, and I think that's it, uh, the band, the Disappointing at Best on both, on both YouTube and on Facebook as well. Yes. I think that's all of it. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please send us a anything. A something, and anything. That person who's still listening from Belgium, we see you. We see you. We want to uh, hear from you. I would like, love to hear from you. Really bad. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you find a way and you get a hold of us, we could have you potentially on as a guest speaker. That could be fun. Yeah. Never done distance interviews. Anyway. It would uh, be an interview. We could just talk. Yeah. Just have you on for an asks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Anywho's it's... That's been True Neutral. I have a baby. Yes, you do. Bye-bye. Bye.